This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al and Brian. Happy New Year, everybody. The 49ers got back on track with the win against the Commanders. They have the number one seed. Everything seems to be breaking their way. I'm Al Sacco with Brian Raddick. This is the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast. I almost forgot what, show, what our show was called, but I remembered. <laughs> it's New Year's <laughs> long Day. Long night last night. Yeah, long night last night. Um, <laughs> Brian, you know what, man? Just where I wanted to start, I guess. You know, Brock Purdy breaks the single-season passing mark for the Niners. Yep. I want to talk about him and his season and Brandon Ayuk, who had another 100-yard game, and he's doing some incredible things, too. But I feel like I need to start here. This is a season where we've been talking about, not that it's necessarily make or break, because they're going to be good for the next couple of years, but the window's getting tight with this core and we keep talking about super bowl and they get, they want to get the super bowl ring. They want to get this championship done. I feel like getting the buy in the number one seed was a big part of that just yeah. to get people healthy. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that too, but big part of that, they're going to be home and everything broke right for them this weekend to the point where you're like, Holy shit. Is this just like, I don't want to say like a destiny thing, but it's just, it feels like things are just rolling their way. Yeah. You know, (laughs) it's funny. I, the yesterday morning I had a, a, my buddy Kyle texted me and he's like, so what are we, you know, what are we hoping for today? And I was like, well, best case scenario, right. 49ers win Cardinals beat the Eagles. You know, the, the Cowboys had beaten the lions uh, the night Mm -hmm. before, uh, all those, those two things happen today and, and we lock up the one seed. Um, and he's like, you know, well, it's not likely that the, that the Cardinals are, are going to beat the Eagles. And I was like, ah, I actually, I'm actually not convinced that the Eagles are going to beat the Cardinals. Like I legitimately wasn't convinced because I just don't feel like the, like the Eagles have been playing very well lately. I feel like the 49ers, I don't want to say the 49ers broke them because, um, they were, they were 10 and breaking. one. They, they were, were breaking. breaking. Yeah. They're, the they're 10 and they're, yeah. they're 10 and one was, was very in my, in my estimation, my opinion was very fraudulent in, in regards to, you know, whether or not they are a dominant 10 and one team. And so um, I was like, I don't, you know, the, the, the giants just gave the Eagles all that they could mm-hmm. handle. And I don't know. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced that the, that the Eagles are going to are, you know, are going to win that game. And then lo and behold, you know, they, <laughs> they allow Kyler Murray 
to march down the field and uh and and they get that touchdown and then and then the the eagles lose and all of a sudden the 49ers have clinched the one seed and you know we had talked about last show how another another possible scenario that would benefit the 49ers is a victory over the commanders and then a seahawks loss and a rams victory which would clinch the playoffs for the rams that also happened the the Steelers beat the Seahawks, which <laughs> again, you know, who would have uh, thought Mason Rudolph is going to jumpstart that offense? It's, it's well, and, and not only there. that, and not only that, but it just really felt like, like you said, like everything fell into place. My squad won, the 49ers won, the Eagles lost. I love, I love reveling in that. And and let's be perfectly honest, the Cowboys lost on national yeah. television, and then got lucky from a, a bad call from the refs because there's certainly evidence out there that Decker indeed did report. Um, so, but there's also apparently, I, I guess it was an illegal formation also. So, you know, it is what it is, but again, just they did, people saw them lose and then they didn't end up getting the loss in the, in the, in the wind column. So it was the best of both worlds, right? <sighs> Needed the lions to lose, love watching the Cowboys lose, got to watch them lose. But then miraculously they get the the victory, and then it just helps the 49ers. And then you know the Seahawks lose as well. So it was but it was a great weekend for 49ers fans. That Lions Cowboys game changed everything for the 49ers. So you yeah. have what happened. It looked to me like Decker reported. Yeah. I mean, you went up to him, and you, you know, yep. and it, apparently from what people are saying, who are on the field and stuff, the, the refs screwed it up. And that is a huge, I mean, we've talked about how incompetent the refs are forever and, and they are week yeah. in, week in and week out. They cost yeah. team, get, cost teams games. Yes. And they cost the lions here a chance at the number one seed. Sure. Probably the number two seed. And it helps the 49ers in the sense that, okay, the Niners don't have to play the Rams this week. If, if, if that, right. if they win that game, the Niners have to beat the Rams this week and everything yep. is different. Yep. And for the lions, you know, I mean, again, as a Niners fan, you don't give a shit, I guess, but in terms of the NFL, they got absolutely screwed. Yeah. And for me, like I'm sick of the, the officials. Like this is a billion. I understand it's a game. Football is a game, but in reality, this is a billions of dollars business. This is yeah. a business. There are billions of dollars on the line. There are jobs on the line for coaches and things like that. And you have these refs who just can't get shit right. I mean, this is a massive error that and it really could, you could argue, I'm what happens in the playoffs. The Lions are a really good home team. This may cost the Lions. It could cost them a championship, really. Sure. I mean, it could if things break a certain way. So for that to happen, and I'm not like a fire this guy, fire that guy person, but that dude needs to lose his job, Brad Allen. Yeah. If he messed it up that bad and they have, you know, I'm sure they have microphones on the field. They could hear what actually happened. If he got the number wrong and messed it up that bad, dude mm -hmm. should not. They, I know they downgraded him for the playoffs. He should not be officiating. It's just that right. simple. If you can't handle that that moment or or just any moment in a game you shouldn't be doing it it just yeah. is what it is to me so they have to get good officials in there because this shit's got to stop happening but again if you're a niners fan you don't care because this team it, gets to rest now it benefit it was a huge benefit to the 49ers and that's and to me that the again the, the number one seed home field advantage I, I i don't care like the 49ers travel incredibly well they play well on the road like i'm not i'm i wouldn't be worried about the, the 49ers not getting home field advantage, but it's that extra rest. It's it's an right. extra week of rest for guys like Eric Armstead, who now has, you could argue, three weeks to continue to rest before needing to play 
in whatever against whatever opponent they play in the divisional round. And then you get to rest guys like Christian McCaffrey. Um, you get to, you know, you, you get to rest guys like Trent Williams, right? As hopefully, hopefully uh, Jalen Moore comes out of the concussion protocol. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, I guess, dilemma for, for Kyle Shanahan to have, you know, he even said after the game, he's like, you only have 53 guys. You can't rest everybody. And, and that's the thing is, is, you know, you can see in the past, you, I, I think about the, I think about the Rams, um, in 20, was it 2018? I think it was 2018. Um, the year before the Niners went to the Super Bowl where the Rams got the one seed and they rested guys in that week, uh, 17 game. Cause it was still the 16 game season. And then they came out flat in their, you know, in their divisional round game. And I believe they lost if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a delicate balance, but I would expect, you know, I would expect essentially what amounts to like a preseason, uh, uh, like a preseason share of snaps for, for the starters where you might see Brock Purdy for, a series, you might see him for a quarter. You might see him for a half. I don't think you're going to see him for a half. I think you'll see him for a, probably like the first quarter. Again, just to make sure that you're not rusty, right? Two weeks off yeah. is is a is a lot uh, yeah. for for players. And so, you know, there are certain, like I said, there. I think there are certain players where you could take a couple weeks off and and not, you know, and not not lose a step. I'm thinking of Christian McCaffrey and Trent Williams in particular, but. No, it's just a, a huge, guys. yeah, it's just a huge, huge benefit to this team, uh, especially in, in a season, you know, in, in a 17 game season where, you know, their buy was what, nine weeks ago. Um, yeah. You know, they've gone as, as long now after the buy uh, as they did before the buy. So for them to get another buy is just humongous. And, you know, this team earned the one seed. I don't think there's any Absolutely. way to you know to to say that they didn't and you could even see uh, i don't know if you saw on twitter um mike silver a friend of the show uh yeah. had uh, had his phone up streaming the eagles cardinals game in the in the tunnel uh and debo ayuk kittle and tabor pepper uh all gathered around mike silver and they watched james connor score and you know they got hyped because they're like, yeah, like that's one, number one seed. And then there's also uh, I saw on TikTok this morning, uh, the 49ers TikTok account tweeted out uh, a a video of them watching uh, a TV in the in the locker room. They watched the interception to end the game, and you could see them all cheering and number one seed. And it was just you know you, the, this team wanted it, this team needed it, and it's it's uh, it, it's going to be huge for them moving forward. Yeah, I want to ask Mike next time we talk to him um, how big that was. Because do you remember when Mike, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a game with Aaron Rodgers where something happened. And he like went up to Aaron Rodgers on the field and was like, what the fuck? And he's got a yeah. picture of him like raising his arms. And he, that was like his Twitter thing for a while. Yeah. I want to ask him where we're doing the video with the Niners is and like that yeah. echelon of, of, you know, moments that he's had with some for players. Sure. I thought that yeah. was pretty cool him with the with the phone and, and Debo and those guys watching it. That was cool. Yeah. But yeah, you mentioned, um, the rust. I'm thinking about that too a little bit. And I feel like you want to play Purdy. You, like you said, maybe a quarter, just some high percentage shit, right? Just, mm-hmm. you know, little pass, dink and dunk a little bit here and there. Just get him some reps, then get him the hell out of there. Yeah. Same with like, I probably wouldn't play Debo or Kittle 
Um, I don't know. Do you need to play any of those guys? I'd at know. least rest Kittle, especially after that hit he took. Uh, yeah. And he's yesterday. played all 16 games, Kittle. Yeah. He has anything, you know, give him, you know, he's a very physical guy. Give him, give him um, a week off. Debo's Debo mm-hmm. been a little, a little bit banged up. So I feel like maybe he wouldn't yeah. play. McCaffrey with the cap, absolutely. Put him on ice. Put him in yep. bubble wrap. Put him on ice. We'll see you yeah. January 20th or whatever it is. And same thing with mm-hmm. Trent Williams. Just he's been banged up. Put him on ice. And hopefully, yeah. you know, in this game, it was one of the games where, and I guess we really don't have to go through the game that much, but the Niners defense didn't look good to me at it times. Didn't. It didn't. But you look up and they only give up 10 points. Right. And they've had a few games like that. It reminded me of when they played the Giants and the Cardinals earlier in the season where you're like, yeah. how the hell is this a close game at half? And then they end up blowing them out. I kind of thought that that's what was going to happen. But in this game, Sam Howell helped them out a lot by being Sam Howell. He got pressured and threw two pretty bad picks that we probably shouldn't have throwing the ball there but the Niners didn't look great and again they were they were able to run on the 49ers they need Eric Armstead back yeah that's the one little word and again look it looks like you're gonna be healthy for the playoffs with the rest of this shouldn't matter but it just feels like you take one of these stars out and things just don't look right and I feel like they should have enough talent to overcome some of this stuff and I guess they do at the end of the day but they needed to get Armstead back there so this rest is huge because the defense to me just it, it didn't it hasn't looked like itself in like three weeks Despite only giving up 10 points. Right, exactly. And, you know, I, I was never concerned about this game, but it was like you, were, uh, you go into half and you're like 13 to 10. Like what? Yeah, like, like why I, are you I, hang around? I, yeah, I expected to absolutely blow this team out, especially, uh, especially attacking their defense. And their defense, to their credit, played a lot better than I thought that they would. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, but here's the thing. We've been talking about it with 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 49er buddies. And somebody asked me last night at uh at the New Year's Eve party I was at, like, who who scares you in the NFC? And and I was being perfectly honest, and I was like, there really isn't anybody. Like mm-hmm. you look at you look at what what they you know what they need to work on, the biggest one being run defense. I'm the Cowboys don't run the ball. Detroit runs the ball, but I, I I just don't think Detroit's defense is going to get them to the point where the 49ers would see them anyway. Um, I guess I, I guess they could see them in the divisional round if if uh, if the Cowboys win their win their uh, well no they wouldn't because they would play if, if the so the Eagles are the five seed now right uh, the uh, Cowboys are the two seed the Lions are the three seed the Bucks are the four seed currently. And mm-hmm. the Eagles are the five seed, the Rams are the six seed, and the Packers are currently the seven seed. I don't see any upsets in there outside of the Eagles beating the the Bucks. But even if the Bucks beat the Eagles, that would be a 49ers Bucks or a 49ers Eagles, because those are the right. two lower seeds. So I I don't I, think again, it would, I, I just don't, I don't see any team that would threaten the weakness of the 49ers defense, which right now is their run defense in the NFC field. Um, yeah. And so, you know, really what you're talking about is it needs to get on track for a potential Super Bowl matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who on Sunday dismantled the Miami Dolphins and just yeah, absolutely look like scary football team, look like the best team in the league you know, that, that isn't the 49ers, you know, I think it's pretty evident that the 49ers and the Ravens are the two best teams in the NFL and the Ravens absolutely got it, you know, on the Niners two, two weeks ago. So, um, 
so yeah, it's 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 concerning, but I think I think the biggest thing is is getting Eric Armstead back. Um and and also getting Sebastian Joseph Day kind of up to speed uh mm-hmm. for the playoffs. That's another thing that that will be nice with the break is to give him, you know, some extra extra time to get, you know, I guess situated, if you will, in in the 49ers in the 49ers defense. And then, you know, you hope that those two, along with Javon Hargrave, just upgrade your your run defense just overall and and then you're 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 kind of back on track and you've got an all pro in in Traverius Ward uh you know Demo is playing well uh Ambry Thomas you know is 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 doing his best um he's not hasn't been quite as good as he was but uh I think you get you know you'll end up getting Jair Brown back uh for mm-hmm. the playoff run uh you know I I think I think they missed him a little bit yesterday and so you know there's just the other thing is, you know, they had to fly cross country. It was a, it was a 10 a.m., you know, body clock game. Like those games aren't easy. And the fact that again, they still ended up winning 27 to 10 should have been 30 to 10. Cause I don't know why Kyle just didn't kick the field goal. Um, but you know, it, it's not, it, it wasn't the prettiest game, but it, it, it was what they needed. And now they don't even have to worry about the Rams, which, to me is is a bonus because you know, those games game. yeah. well and not only that but those games you know i feel like for both squads they end up with a lot of injuries coming out of that game because mm-hmm. they don't like each other so yeah uh, i wanted no not, part of it yeah to not have Would've to worry physical. about that game at all is is bonus yeah. for sure yeah 100 percent. Oh, thanks refs i guess for yeah. that so <laughs> unbelievable. and kyler murray yeah and kyler L- murray little, yeah. little kyler give the let's give the cardinals <laughs> some, some some credit there yeah. You know, here's the thing, too, and I'm thinking about what I want to talk about after this game. We've talked a lot about Brock Purdy, but just how do you not yeah, talk about him? Sort of kind of want to put a bow on everything. I know there's a game left, but we don't really feel like he's going to play much in this game. But kind of want to put a bow on what he did. So, well, before I do that, let me say the Niners are the first team in the NFL history to have a 1,000-yard rusher, two 1,000-yard receivers, and a 1,000-yard tight end. So there's been teams that have had, I think the 2004 Colts were the last one to have a thousand yard rusher and three 1000 yard receivers, but it was Stokely Harrison and Wayne. It was Mm. not a tight end. So this is the first team to have a tight end in those three, just phenomenal, phenomenal year, fun year. It's fun when you do this shit. It's fun when you watch your team do this. And in the trigger man's Brock Purdy, who broke the 49ers all time passing mark, you know, it's 4,280 passing yards this season, which is two more than Jeff Garcia had with previous mark. So, and Purdy recorded his 10th career game with 120 plus rating, which surpasses Russell Wilson for the most yeah. such games by a player in his in first, first two seasons. seasons. And Purdy's played, they haven't played two full seasons, right? But five, five last year, which makes it even more unbelievable. And I read this to, was it Nick Wagner who said this? Somebody put it out on Twitter. Purdy was five for five with 112 yards on a TD of throws of 15 plus air yards on Sunday. So yeah. for the season, he's completed 67% of those throws, which if it, if it holds up, would be the best by any QB since ESPN been tracking air yards in 2006. You yeah, know, that was Nick Wagner. Yeah, it was Nick Wagner said, okay, yeah. so and, and if there was any play that showed what a game manager Brock Birdie was, it was when he got the rush came at him, yeah. he rolled right pointed to Ayuk and then threw across the field because yep. game managers do that all the time. Right. Yep. Um, just an incredible play. I thought that just showed what he is. He, he, he makes things happen. He is in no way a game manager. He makes things happen down the field. Another thing he did, you know, cause I got all the games on here. I got my TVs going and I, you know, I like the bills too. The bills are like my second team. So I'm watching yeah. the bills game 
and the Niners game is here and I'm kind of paying attention to the Bills game. And it was just, it was the first, I think it was the first series and Purdy just drops back, looks to, you know, his first couple of reads, not there. He pops it to McCaffrey and then you're in second and two or whatever it was, mm-hmm. second manageable. Turn around a couple minutes later, Josh Allen, it was his first snap or maybe it was vice versa, whatever. But anyway, Josh, mm-hmm. Josh Allen drops back, looks left. Looks at James Cook standing right there, four yards there, doesn't want to throw it to him because he holds the ball and gets set. And it drives me crazy with Josh Allen. I'm always like, dump it off. Second and manageable, yeah. second and manageable. Just the little things that Purdy does like that. Okay, there's nothing there. I'm just going to pop this down to CMC and now it's a second and two. Those kind of things are great. And there were also plays in this game that weren't there that he was rolling out and seeing what he could do when he just threw the ball away, which was good to see because that was an yes. issue too. So those things, before we even get into his season numbers, just incredible to watch him week in and week out. And he had the one real bad game last week. The other thing that really impressed me, Brian, was he clearly didn't get in his head at all. Right. He just looked right. fine again. And that's it. You just never know, right? That was, he's had bad games, but this was the worst game of his career in prime time on Christmas. Is this yeah. going to affect him? And it didn't. And you, you can't teach that. Some dudes just have it. Well, and I definitely felt like, I, I do feel like Kyle Shanahan threw him a bone, if you will. Uh, because it, it definitely felt like that first, that first series, uh, that they ran on offense, it, it felt like a man, I tweeted out, it kind of felt like Kyle Shanahan's mea culpa to Christian McCaffrey. Like my bad, like we probably should have featured you more against that Ravens team. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I came out and just thought that I was going to throw all over the best pass defense in the NFL. Uh, I, again, I don't know if that was ego. I don't know what it was. Uh, but at the same time, somebody pointed out the Ravens had a very similar game plan where they were trying to attack the 49ers through the air, even though their run defense is the weakest part of their defense. It's just that the Ravens were more successful than the 49ers were. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that that Kyle Shanahan did a good job of easing Purdy into the game just again to get like just that confidence back. And then once he did, then it, then we saw the Brock that we've seen for you know, 16, uh, or we can say 15 of the 17 games. Uh, again, that, that game against the the Browns wasn't, wasn't the best, but, um, it just, you know, it's, it's what I, what else I love is that, uh, again, I saw a, a video from, from the locker room after the game and Shanahan gives Purdy the game ball because he broke the franchise record and, mm-hmm. you know, Purdy immediately was like, listen, this isn't essentially, this isn't my award. I only have this because of you guys. Um, And just, again, really defers praise to the team. And and one of the things that I loved is he said, we've got a squad. And I was like, yeah, we do have a squad, like right on. You're right. And I think, I think again, for the most part, Brock Purdy understands his role in the offense. He understands that he isn't Patrick Mahomes, but not only that, he doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes because he has Debo, he has Christian McCaffrey, he has Brandon Ayuk, he has George Kittle, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's understanding, play within yourself, play within the scheme, and good things are going to happen because that's how we've set it up. And to to me, to have the humility to just be a distributor, to be a John Stockton in this offense full of, you know, three point shooters, if you will. Um, That's exactly what is needed. And I don't think every quarterback would fit in that because there are some quarterbacks who, again, think like this is my show 
and mm-hmm. and they're going to try and elevate their game sometimes to the detriment of you know the team itself and that's not Brock Purdy Brock Purdy is selfless within this offense and I just really love to see it and it's exactly what this offense needed and uh, again I don't see that changing anytime soon yeah and so he breaks the passing record if everything stays status quo he's going to be the highest rated 49ers quarterback in a season ever in a full season at 113 young was 112.8 which I believe was the next highest so he just did, you know, it was just, again, it's, it's an incredible season when you watch something like this. And if, if you go to what he's done just in the league this year, too. So he's second, you know, things are going to happen in week 17. But as of right now, he's second in passing yards. And there are, let's see, how many people have thrown for 4,000 yards so far? One, two, three, four, five quarterbacks have thrown five for 4,000 yards or more this season. Tua, Purdy, Goff, Prescott, and Mahomes. Purdy did it on 444 attempts. Yeah. Next lowest attempt number is Tua with 533. Just Dang. just insane. Insanely yeah. how efficient he's been. His yeah. rating leads the NFL 113. Second is 104.4. His QBR 72.7 is the best in the NFL. His yards per game ended up being, as of again, as of right now, fourth. His yards per completion, 13.9. The next closest is 12.9. Um, his TD percentage, 7.0. The next closest is 5.8. His yards per attempt, 9.6. The next closest is 8.4. Now, his interception percentage went up to 2.5 because he had one bad game. Yeah. That's essentially what, what skewed it. And that that one bad game cost him the MVP because Lamar was going to win the MVP after getting five touchdowns against Miami. Yeah. But irregardless, he's probably second in the MVP race. If you told anybody that Brock Purdy was going to be the runner-up of the MVP in 2024 season, 2023 season they would have said that you were absolutely insane yeah this is a storybook season this is something if if you know let's see what happens over the next month or so but could be something you make a movie out of it's it's just yeah absolutely great nfl story there aren't many of them you have your kurt warners you have your tom brady's brock purdy's right up there brock purdy has solidified himself as one of the upper tier quarterbacks in the league you can put him whatever you know wherever you want to put him but he's certainly a, a, a top quarterback if you don't want to put him with the mahomes well, nobody's with Mahomes, but if you don't want to put him in the top elite elite, he's certainly in the next tier. He's yeah. the top quarterback in the league. He was a seventh round pick. It looks like he's going to be here for a long time. It's just a phenomenal story. And I hope Niners fans who lived through the 2004 season when they threw for 2,100 yards and had eight touchdowns and 21 interceptions with Retay, a rookie, Alex Smith, Ken Dorsey and Cody Pickett. Um, yeah. You know, we lived through that stuff and, and just enjoy this. Don't nitpick it. You got your franchise guy. It was an awesome season. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl, but that doesn't take away from that. It was an awesome season. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it. Brock Purdy did all this on 444 attempts, which, again, when you look at uh, Garcia and Young and Montana, the three quarterbacks that he passed for most passing yards in a season, uh, all of them had over 500 attempts. I believe the the lowest was 532. So again, just incredibly efficient. But one of the other things that I appreciate is he broke that record in 16 games, which again, now that we have 17 games, it kind of feels like anytime a record is broken, you always look is, well, was it in 17 games or 16? So again, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's yeah. apples to apples here uh, because he did it in 16 games. And it just, this is a team this is a franchise that so many people look at as like a quarterback driven franchise because just like the Packers, right? You went from hall of famer 
to Hall of Famer, right? There was that transition there, Montana to Young, right? And But you've also got guys like Brody and Y.A. Tittle who are uh, names from the past but still important names in, in the world of quarterbacking uh, in, in NFL history. And Brock Purdy, the last pick in, in the draft last year, is the guy that sits on top in terms of some of these records and it's just wild to think about. And, and, you know, that is Brock Purdy deserves his kudos. That's also a Kyle Shanahan stat, if you will. Um, But I, I think more importantly than any of this, I think the most important stat for this team specifically led by Kyle Shanahan since 2017, the number one stat, that is that that to me tells the story of the season is that Brock Purdy started all 16 games. That was our worry. That was our concern. Yep. That's been the purgatory that this team has been in every year except 2019. And what happened in 2019? Jimmy Garoppolo didn't miss a start. And what happened to this team? They made it to the Super Bowl. So uh again, it just uh just a big, you know, and and this is actually only the third time in the last eight years for Kyle Shanahan that he has had a quarterback uh, play all 16 games. That was Matt Ryan in 2016 Mm -hmm. uh, and now Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019 and now Brock Purdy in 2023 and the first two made it to the Super Bowl. So uh, again, there's a, there's a correlation to be, to be drawn there. Uh, between how effective Kyle Shanahan is as a coach and a play caller when he has a quarterback that starts every game and mm-hmm. and the success that that team has uh, in relation to that. So um, another awesome stat. And and I, I think, you know, we, we said it earlier, I'm, I'm certain that Brock will probably start next next week against the Rams for, like we said, a series, two series, a quarter, whatever. Um, so he'll, that'll be 17 games that he started. So he'll start all 17 games. But he, what's interesting is you look around the league at, at just how many teams have had to play QB two, QB three, QB four, QB five, right? There are some teams that have, have had just the worst luck at quarterback, which has been a 49ers staple for a while now. And just, again, the fact that the 49ers aren't one of those teams is just refreshing for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when a quarterback has a great season, receivers have great seasons too. And the other guy I wanted to highlight is Brandon Ayuk because yeah. he really, he's had one of, again, a, a top 49er season. And let's just look where he is right now. So single season, he is 12th in 49ers history at the moment with 1,317 yards. He is also, let's see where he is. Yards per game. He had 87.8. Um, He's tied for 13th. Now, here's something kind of cool. We, we think Debo Samuel had that amazing season in 2021. Mm-hmm. And obviously, rushing had a lot to do with that with Debo. Yeah. When you look at his receiving numbers, which were also amazing, 77 catches, 1,405 yards, 18.2 yards per reception, um, 87.8 yards per game. <laughs> and then when you look at Brandon Ayuk, 72 catches, 1,317 yards, uh, 87.8 yards per game so identical to Debo yeah just played the one more game and um they had what was the other thing I was looking at 18.3 yards per reception so they did it in very different ways because Debo was more catch and run and Debo and Ayuk was more get the ball downfield but Mm -hmm. they had a pretty identical season statistically 
And from Steve Berman, Ayuk, so Ayuk is sixth in the NFL in receiving this year. Um, he has at least 27 fewer targets than anyone else in the top 10 and the highest first down percentage, just about 82% of anyone with at least 600 yards. His yards per game was eighth in the NFL this year. And again, like I said, his receiving yards were sixth. His yards per reception, number one at the moment, 18.3. His yards per target tied for number one at the moment at 13. We said when the season started, we expected Brandon Ayuk to ascend into one of the top receivers in the NFL. And he did. He did this year. He's a top seven, eight guy um, in the NFL. He's going to get paid. I really, really, really hope it's with the 49ers and uh, they said, might have said it on the broadcast that Kyle Shanahan had said, you know, there were issues a couple years ago, but he's one of my warriors now. So he's certainly earned his stripes in Kyle Shanahan's eyes and the fans' eyes and everything else. And I, I think he's somebody they're going to make a point to keep around. You know what I love watching Brandon Ayuk do almost more than run routes is block. And that's the thing. Yeah. If you watch him block yep. now, he is a dog when he blocks. Like he is one of the best blocking receivers in the NFL now which was something that that he struggled with, you know, his first two years. That's largely why he was in the doghouse. And so it's awesome to see Kyle Shanahan say that, that he's one of his warriors now, because I think that's Kyle Shanahan acknowledging like Brandon is doing what we asked him to do and he's kicking ass at it. And it's, it's just fun to watch. Yeah. This, the uh, any wide receiver on the 49ers outside of Danny Gray. And that's largely why Danny Gray doesn't see the field. They're just dogs when it comes to blocking. And that's what you have to be uh, in this offense. And it's just fun to watch. And and I love Brandon Ayuk. You know, for me, he's a there's local ties, right? He went to uh, Sierra College uh, for junior college, which is literally seven minutes away from my home. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's that connection. And then, you know, just, again, my buddy Tim and I were having a conversation during the game about, whether Justin Jefferson would have succeeded in this offense the way that Brandon Ayuk has. And, you know, it came down to is would Justin Jefferson buy into blocking the way that Brandon Ayuk has? And I, I obviously you can't answer that question, but I don't know that he would have. And I think that's what separates Ayuk. Um, and then, you know, to, to be that kind of blocker, but also arguably, I think the best route runner in the NFL it's just a unique skill set that he has. And, you know, I, I think he would be a number one on, I don't know, 28 other teams, maybe, um, you know, or, or less possibly. Um, but I, like you, I, I certainly hope that they figure out a way uh, to pay him and keep him here. I, I think there's definitely, there are ways to do it. Um, you know, his fifth year option is next year. You know, they can extend him. Uh, and, and that extension can, you know, can lower his cap it next year on that fifth year option. You know, they, there's lots of things that they can do. They can get, you know, they can get creative and I think that they will, uh, because I I think he's a a cornerstone of this offense for sure. So his yards per target at 13 is the highest in 49ers history for any receiver or any player with more than seven catches. John Taylor looks like he's second at 12.7. Uh, that's actually a receiving record Jerry Rice doesn't have. <laughs> so that, that's wow. kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it shows just the kind of year that he's had. Um, what about his yards per reception? Can I figure this out? Pro football reference is great. There's probably a way to sort it, but they always do like, like if one dude caught a pass for 63 yards and that was it, that comes up as the highest yards per yeah. catch. So you got to go through and look. Torrey Smith had 20.1 in 2015 on 33 catches. 
that's a big number. catches is not very many. <laughs> no. Um, Gene Washington, 46 catches. Is that what that says? Yeah. So there's some people with a little bit higher yards per catch, but Jerry Rice has had 18.9 in 1995. But yeah, still, he's he's had an amazing season. So it's really yeah. cool to see. It's really cool to see how far he's come. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're just, I, I just always say, and I've been saying it this whole year, I just, I hope this is a great 49ers team and they're great 49ers players and they've done things that are, are franchise records. It doesn't happen yeah. every year. Yep. I just really want to see them finish it, man. I just really want to see that this team get the ring and be considered with those legendary yes. guys. Um, I love Joe Montana. I love Jerry Rice. I love Steve Young. I love Ronnie Lott. But I'm sick of living in the past, man. <laughs> let's yes. let's start talking about these guys with those guys. Absolutely, you know, and and it, it really does feel like it feels kind of faded that it's it's going to be a rematch with that Baltimore Ravens team, and you know it'll yeah, be interesting to see. You know, it'll be interesting to see what Kyle Shanahan learned from that game, and then you know, kind of how he comes out because you know the the Ravens played. Kyle Shanahan offenses three weeks in a row, right? Or three out of four weeks. Uh, what, they played the Rams, then they played the Niners, and then they played the Dolphins. And they absolutely dominated the Dolphins and the and the 49ers. Uh, the the Rams got them a little bit. And I'm I'm wondering if if there's more to learn from that game for Kyle Shanahan. Um, and and I'm also wondering if if you know, if, if they, if he has two weeks to prepare for that game and Mike McDonald will also have two weeks to prepare for that game. And, and, and he's, you know, he's going to be a head coach next year. He's arguably the, not arguably, yeah. he is the, you know, assist NFL assistant coach of the year for what he's done there in Baltimore. Um, but I, I, that's a matchup that I am excited about now. Obviously they have to take care of business. Both teams have to take care of business. The last time, the Ravens had the one seed was 2019 when they lost in the first, in the divisional round at home to the, to the Tennessee Titans. So, you know, they also have to take care of business, but uh, it certainly seems like based on everything we've seen this season, um, the four and the Ravens are, are by far and away the best two teams uh, in the NFL. Um, and, and I would argue that, you know, possibly three and four exist in the AFC as well. I just think the 49ers are so much better than anybody in the NFC that it's, it's really not even, you know, almost not a discussion about who can, who can threaten the 49ers to represent in the Super Bowl. The only team, and this has largely been the case before the Ravens game, really the only team this season outside of the Ravens that have beat, that can beat the 49ers is the 49ers. Cause even yeah even against the Browns, um, you know, they set that game up to, to, to kick a game winning field goal. Um, and I think, I think Kyle Shanahan, again, if, if, if they had to face the Browns could probably scheme, scheme up, you know, a better game plan than he did early in the season. And, and the 49ers, the offense wasn't quite what it was early in the season as it was later mm -hmm. in the season. So, you know, there's that aspect of it as well. Yeah. The Ravens have a lot to prove too. I mean, Lamar's, What's got one playoff win? He's had a ton of playoff yeah. appointments. So there's Niners have a lot to prove in terms of getting over the hump and getting the championship. And the Ravens have a lot to prove as well. And it seems like those teams are kind of headed on a collision course. But like you said, you never know. 
you never yeah. know what's going to happen. So it's going to be fun. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself or jinx myself. Totally. Um, I'll think I'll think of shit to worry about my next show. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one. doubt. <laughs> it, there's always there's always going to be able to find something to worry about for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. I got nothing else. You got anything else? I do not. Happy New Year to uh, to all the listeners. Uh, this has been a blast, and uh, we now have the we now have the the playoffs to look forward to. So excited to to head into the second season, uh, talking about this 49ers squad. And uh, I'm just I'm uh, it's been a hell of a ride, and I I have a good feeling about where this ride is going to end up. And uh, I'm excited to go along with uh, with you, Al, and 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 with the listeners as well gonna be fun for sure thanks everybody for buying i'm out later Twenty Four Hundred sports is an odyssey company 